Westchester Talk Radio is broadcasting live. News, trends, and more. No one knows Westchester County better than we do. We are Westchester Talk Radio. Hello, this is Conversations with Crystal, brought to you by Gateway Perspectives on Westchester Talk Radio, produced by Shark Creative. I am your host, Crystal Hawkins' sister, Hudson Gateway Association of Realtors President, real estate agent, Bronx native, and a current resident of Briarcliff Manor. The goal of this show is to provide great information and awareness about the real estate industry to our members and the community. Our guests today are Tim Foley, CEO and Executive Vice President of the Building and Realty Institute of Westchester and the Mid-Hudson Region, along with Alex Rothmayer. Let's try that again. I got it okay? Is that good enough? <laughs> Is that good enough? Can we that, try that's, how, that's how the Georgia Rothmayers say it. Is so that it's how they say uh, it? Yeah, no, we, we have, we have, and the Florida Rothmayers say something different, and then, you know, I got some out West, and they just... Yeah, you got it. Sorry. Yeah, I thought it was That's fine. okay. That's right. We'll roll with it. So Alex is the Strategic Research Associate associate with the BRI. Alex is also, we've got a couple little titles here. Um, actually, they're not small ones. They're big ones. Alex is also president of the Young Democrats, and he is the coordinator to the Welcome Home Westchester campaign. So today, our conversation is on the topic of affordable housing in Westchester. And I think it's important right now to say that affordable housing doesn't mean cheap housing. It does not mean poor housing. It means just what the words say, affordable housing. We are in a portion of the country that is the most expensive to live in, where individuals are easily contributing 40, maybe 50% of the income to their housing expense alone which makes it very difficult for individuals who are making a combined income of $100,000 to actually live in our local area. Now, in other parts of the country, $100,000 may seem like a lot of money, but for us, because of the high cost of living, it is not. And so that's why our guests are here today, Tim and Alex, to help us really understand the challenges that we have in our local region and some of the efforts and um, programs that they have put together to actually meet this challenge. So we'll start with Alex, if that's all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, perfect. Ha- happy to be here. Thank you. Good, good to see you. Last time I saw you, it was raining. So this is great. <laughs> yeah, good to be dry today. So talk to us a little bit about why you got involved in this initiative. Well, this is, uh, well, it's a timely initiative. And I think it's having a really important approach. Uh, and then when Tim uh, and the BRI uh, approached me about this opportunity. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was perfect for me and for me personally as well as where I was looking to take this. Uh, before I uh, joined Welcome Home Westchester and the BRI, I, I did, I was a, uh, I did run for office myself uh, during 2020. I didn't win, but one of my platforms was addressing housing. So to be able to do this full time uh, really spoke to me. Um, and then the approach of uh, BRI and the Welcome Home Westchester, I think, is unique. Uh, it's not just the builders coming in and saying, hey, we need, we, we have some systemic changes that we need to make. We can't build the housing that people want. We also have the nonprofit community that came in and is talking about how I have employees that have to come from two counties over because they can't afford to live in Westchester where they work. 
you know, we have the services community that dealing with homelessness, they're talking about, we're just not building enough units for us to meet, meet the need, you know, the faith community that go, I have people in my congregation that are 50, they can't gain wealth, you know, their kids can't, they, they have to live. And it's, so it's um, a cacophony of this problem has created um, this pressure. And I think that Welcome Home Westchester is channeling that angst into something pretty, pretty impressive and unique, just, just with the steering committee alone um, and the mission that we have to address the, cha- the reasons why affordable housing crisis is here. Thank you so much for that. And, um, and one of the reasons why I decided to just start with you first is because oftentimes when we look at the community as for individuals who are advocates for fair housing, it individuals don't understand that there's a cross section of individuals that this actually impacts multiple ages. Um, for those who will listen to the podcast, you can't see, but Alex is a younger person. <laughs> so um, to put Being a older face- every day. to put a face on this, this is not like an old people's issue. This is an everybody's issue. Okay. And I think when we look at this panel here, we're representative of our full community to show that, you know, this is a a, a real challenge for us. And I'm glad that you're stepping up and thank you for sharing your passion. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to head to our chief executive officer, Tim Foley. If you can talk a little bit about why you got involved in this and why it's important to you. Sure, absolutely. And thank you so much for having us here, Crystal. This is an important conversation to be sure. Um, I joined the BRI about two years ago and immediately before I did, Westchester County actually released the Westchester County Housing Needs Assessment. And it is a treasure trove of information, not just about where we live, but who we are. Um, What are the demographics of people who struggle to find housing? Uh, how much do you actually have to earn in some communities and enable to in order to be able to find something that's affordable for you to own? What are the demographics that are we're welcoming here because we have more of them? What are the ones that are going away? And there are a huge number of red flags. So the first one that struck with me was their finding that not only are we not meeting the current demand for housing, people who would want to live in Westchester but can't find anything affordable, we're missing it by a lot. They found that we needed 11,703 units, new units of housing that hasn't been built yet just to meet present day demand. Now, of course, that's before COVID, before everyone started fleeing out of the city and prices started going through the roof. It's bound to be much worse right now. The second thing that was a real eye-opener for me was we always think of Westchester as this commuter community where, you know, people hop on to the Metro North and they get into their cars and they drive into New York City for work and they come out at the end of the evening. But that's not who we are anymore. Uh, The Westchester County Housing Needs Assessment found that there were nearly as many people coming from outside Westchester to work in Westchester as there were who live in Westchester and go outside for work. So it's, it's nearly even on that, and we have more people who live and work in Westchester than either of the above. Um, and that all of those folks need to live somewhere. The last thing that really struck me was the demographic that uh, we've always relied upon to replenish us here in Westchester are the young families, right? People who are between 30 and 44, they move here because they want a backyard or they want access to good schools or whatever it is. That demographic in Westchester County is shrinking. And the demographic that is increasing in leaps and bounds are those who are 84 and older. 
on the one hand, that's great um, because it means people are living longer and they're tied to their community and so on and so forth. But those folks have specific needs in terms of their housing. They're looking for opportunities in some cases to downsize or to have access to things that um, would benefit people with some type of health condition or disability, so on and so forth. And the young families that really replenish our communities here uh, are not coming in the numbers that they were. Those are flashing red lights for any particular uh, region, particularly here in Westchester. And we had lots of conversations with folks from the business industry, from the nonprofit industry, from the faith industry, folks who are interested in climate, folks who are interested in racial justice, and then folks like us who are interested in housing just as an issue. Uh, and we decided it was time that someone started to change the conversation because if we don't move to address these problems, it's really going to start to have an effect on all of us, even those who already have housing here in Westchester. That is huge. I mean, as a realtor, I can tell you that I see it firsthand. One of the things that has arisen is multi-generational living is what I'm seeing because of the fact that there aren't enough affordable homes for those families coming back to resettle in the areas where maybe they even grew up, you know? Absolutely. Um, so the only thing they could do is actually partner with mom and dad or partner with mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and kind of put their pool, their resources together and either apply for variances and change the home that they currently live in and make it a multifamily or attempt to buy somewhere else. And we don't even really have a lot of multifamily homes. So um, I, I definitely see that firsthand, not only in terms of purchasing, but even for rentals. I mean, when you think coming back out from college and thinking I can rent an apartment near home, very difficult, very difficult. What are some of the other things that you think are important, um, Tim, to get the word out about the changes that are needed in our areas in order to meet this need? Well, the single biggest barrier to building the housing that we need is we have a very lengthy, very cumbersome, and very difficult process if you want to build housing, particularly if you want to build multi-housing. There are a lot of steps in the process. A lot of it is done directly at the municipal level. Oftentimes applications have to go through land use boards. They're staffed by volunteers. I believe they're all well-meaning and they care about their community, but they're operating in a system that is designed to get the results that it's getting. And the results that it's getting is not a lot of housing is getting built here in Westchester. There are a lot of choke points, a lot of veto points. There's a lot of process that goes to it. And what we have found and what uh, political scientists and others have found is that most folks, both in Westchester and elsewhere, are actually relatively supportive of housing. You know, they're, they're not overly concerned about the effects that it might have on changing their neighborhood character, particularly if they already have multifamily there. But a lot of that public process gets captivate, captivated by folks who just intensely hate it and therefore are willing to make the time to participate in those public processes. Most people, they're living, they're working, they're, they're taking care of their kids, they've got other things that are on their minds. The only folks that you get heard from in the public process is if you really have a passion against whatever is being proposed. But one of the things that we wanna do is change that conversation. So to say to those folks who may not see housing as their issue, this is having an effect on the issues that you do care about. If you care about your local economy, housing is one of, building adequate housing is one of the best ways, not just to prevent bad things from happening in your local economy, but for good things to happen 
It creates jobs, not just the construction jobs of building it, but recurring annual jobs to service the new neighbors that you're going to have. And with that comes income. And with that comes net revenue. Most of these housing projects that we've seen built within Westchester County have been net positive for property taxes. And that's something we all care about here in Westchester mm -hmm. County. They've been net positive for school taxes. And that's something we really, really care about here in Westchester County. If you care about climate, then you want to make it easier for things to get built near the trains lines, these transit-oriented developments where you don't need to devote so much space to cars. Um, if you care about racial justice, you should pay attention to who's able to live in these Westchester communities easily and who's not. A lot of zoning and planning was created decades ago and was created to achieve certain ends. And in some cases, the ends that it was trying to achieve was to create, to keep out people who looked a certain way or were from a certain class or a certain background from living in these communities. I don't for a second think that most people who serve on land use boards in Westchester County communities today feel the same way that our ancestors did, but they're still operating the same system. So we want to have a new conversation, both with folks within Westchester County to show that really, if you care about these issues, you care about us making progress on housing, particularly affordable housing. But I think we also want to have a conversation for the folks, and again, they're dedicated volunteers who love their community, but what is actually the system that we have today doing for their community? Are there ways that we can change it? Can we make the process a little bit more predictable in terms of how long it takes for some of these projects to get approved? Can we come to a simple agreement that we want to see more green buildings and we want to see more affordable housing and we want to see more senior housing? And maybe those should go have an easier glide path to getting approved because they bring so much to our communities. And that's the conversation that we want to have. I mean, the, the points that you hit were so powerful. Each one, like as I was he hearing you speak, um, because, we, the, and I think it's important to say that this conversation that we're having is not about being a Republican. It's not about being a Democrat. It's about being community members of Westchester County and wanting to see the best for, um, for our individuals who live here. That, that's what it's really about. And um, when you pointed out that if you care about your local economy, you got you have to pay attention to this issue because of the trickle down. Like you said, if there's less people able to move in, that's less landscapers, that's less electricians that get job, like the trickle down of all the other Westchester members and citizens who are here that own businesses that are impacted simply because our population is less because we can't um, support those uh, support those people. In fact, I, I think um, also too there has been some fear mongering mm -hmm. that has been put out and make people like feel very trepidatious about is it going to change the character of our neighborhood? And sometimes that's a euphemism for other things. However, you know, um, it comes back to who are or what is the face of the individuals of who will need this housing. And, you know, I think about my own clients and customers. You have somebody who's an EMT worker and a teacher. Very hard to live here. Very, very hard. Or yep. when I think and about... Yeah, yeah. And in fact, we, I'm going to jump we, to you guys. Yeah, well, it's we, like, we, we, we were happy to clap for them during the pandemic, but we're not happy to have a conversation about how do we make sure these heroes in our community stay in the community. They don't have to come from Rockland to live to work in our hospitals. 
sorry, I'm getting passionate. No, that's so, I'm so glad because I was actually going to shift to you, but even like to let's continue that conversation. I mean, we have something called the Heroes Act and you use that very word, our heroes, our first responders. And yet we cannot create an environment that they have housing to even live in the neighborhoods where they may actually work in. I mean, when you really think about that, there's a humanitarian portion that has to be channeled to actually meet that need. And, you know, Alex, if you could talk a little bit more about some of the things that you feel our community needs to understand about this issue. Well, if I may start with with the hypocrisy of it is it's at one point, you know, we're calling them heroes, but then, you know, you get into certain board meetings. And once again, it's not the planning board, but these are the NIMBY, the people that show up, the community defenders, and they use that other a lot. So, you know, there, and, and then that's, and that's the, and unfortunately it's probably racial comment. It's an economic comments. I was in, I was in some, I was in a meeting uh, talking about, and I, I challenged them what, so what do you mean by other? And they went like, Oh, I mean, uh, Amazon trucks uh, coming in and out of the neighborhood. It was too much. I'm like, that's not what you meant. That's not what you meant when you were ta- talking about, but to go back to your question about, you know, on a community level, uh, you know, and part of the this campaign is one one part is an informational campaign, the Welcome Home Westchester, um, and you know I think we're doing a really good job. The other thing is trying to build a new constituency um, when it comes to housing policies and housing, and because all roads lead through housing, you know it, it's it's one of our basic human rights where we need to do so. Uh, it, the only good thing about this crisis is that it now affects everybody. You know, the young, the millennials that are looking to start a family and to build a house, I don't have an option to build right now. You know, my grandparents who are, my grandparents who are still in the house uh, that they raised my mom and dad in, it's crumbling around them, but they can't afford to downsize. You know, it's, it's, it's coming from every direction. It's coming from, I worked for most of my time in the New York State Assembly uh, working, working for New York State, trying to be a good person, I still couldn't make. I still had to live with my parents for a while, um, and that's and even that's a blessing and a privilege that I was able to have space that I wasn't kicked out, and that needs to be acknowledged in the conversation. Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest challenges of this is, you know, how do you have this conversation that's all encompassing, but we don't get distracted because about it's about we need the community to start having a conversation about housing in a different way. And we're dealing with when people think affordable housing and think about Section 8 back in uh, the 70s. Uh, Miss Man, I'm talking about I don't want 50% of my income to go to, uh, I want to start building well, you know, that, that, so there's even starting with that. But, you know, one of the approaches that Welcome Home Westchester has done is we're starting with the economic level, uh, the economic argument, which is the best thing that your municipality can be doing when it's tax dollars is investing in housing in some way. Um, it's better than the potholes. It's better than uh, building bridges. The best return on investment is giving the opportunity for housing. It's a lot of what Tim talked about was the trickle down. But just very quickly, you know, um, you know, if you build, a, you know, this would be tough for some of our communities. But if Westchester invested in building in an area and building a, a hundred units of new multifamily housing, that's forty-four permanent jobs and two point three million dollars annually. For and that's that's tax revenue that's going into our, our, our the delis down the street, it, our, our main street. It all comes back to housing, and all roads kind of lead to housing. And it's just about activating the community uh, 
to start talking about it because everyone has an opinion about housing because housing has an effect on your life no matter what. Whether you're in a single family McMansion or a renter who is underwater financially, we're, unfortunately, we're all standing in the same boat now. And I think it's important to talk about what types of housing we're talking about specifically, because oftentimes the fear mongering is that here's a lovely little single family home and we're going to tear it down and we're going to turn it into a 25 story building. Okay, that's absurd. No one's actually planning to do that. If you were even to do things like add accessory dwelling units where someone has space above their garage or they have an extra wing that they're not using anymore and they wanted to convert that into a usable apartment, um, it's off the street, doesn't affect the neighborhood character at all. Um, you have a bunch of those, all of a sudden you're starting to chip away at the problem. If you're dealing with an office park that's been at 50% capacity or lower for years, even before COVID, post-COVID, that's probably not coming back. We're not seeing a huge demand for people to do return to office so much so they would take up any of that slack. If you could convert part of that space into housing, it's literally not in anybody's backyard. It's in an office park, but you all of a sudden you could promote condos, senior housing, housing for millennials, what have you. If you're dealing with a place that used to be a factory, but the factory closed down 40 years ago, or a warehouse where the warehouse hasn't been used, or it's land that has never been developed because it, you know, it's right next to the Metro North tracks. Those are prime locations that aren't going to change the neighborhood character one whit, but have the opportunity to provide dozens, if not hundreds of units of housing. The problem, right, and to be honest, it, it will benefit everybody because you're not getting much tax revenue off those lots of land or with things that are underutilized. Mm -hmm. And so more tax revenue coming in and more uh, revenue from jobs coming in and more boost into the local economy winds up helping everybody who already lives here. But also the status quo is nothing. In some cases, it's literally nothing. It's like yeah. an empty building or something that doesn't exist. So this is so much better than what the current status quo is. And yet sometimes, depending upon the community, depending on you know who's up for election, depending on how many uh, people show up and at a public meeting with pitchforks and torches or what have you, Rimstone. that stuff still can't get built. And I think we've reached the point where we're seeing what that gets us. And it gets us a gap of 11,703 units of housing for people who want to live here but can't find anything. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it just Tim, Tim hit on one of my favorite subjects is is the underused office parks, uh, and that I I describe that we describe that that's our area's rust belt. Like Buffalo, Buffalo does better than most places when it comes to finding underused, underutilized areas and turn that into housing. You know, we don't have locks and 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 stuff here, but we are Westchester's. Uh, Rust Belt is our underused office parks that come with parking. They're not literally not in everyone's backyard. We need to start looking at those incrementally and strategically. That's 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 and there's an environmental element to that as well. So it's yep. it seems to be a home run. We need to repurpose those spaces. I mean, we really do because they're just sitting there empty. And, and and in some neighborhoods, there even though the office space is a little bit of an eyesore. So this yeah. definitely addresses multiple issues if we can think outside the box and use what we have to meet the needs that the demands that we have here. Let's, so make, that, as let's a, make that thing Yeah, Sorry. exactly. So no, so I was going to say, so as a Westchester resident and mm -hmm. as a realtor, if I wanted more information, I mean, you gave a lot of statistical information uh, in this talk that we're having right now. As a Westchester citizen, as a realtor, if I wanted to get that information, if I wanted to find out more, where where would I go? 
So we just recently published a, a paper on uh, the economic benefits of building the housing we need. It includes both national studies as well as New York specific information. That's available on our website, www.welcomehomewestchester.org. That is part of a whole series of research that we're planning to do to help change the conversation. And over the next months and even year, we're going to try and put out more information on the issues that people are legitimately concerned about when it comes to building new housing and showing with hard empirical data what actually happens when you build multifamily. What does it happen to the school population? Not projection, what happened past tense? What does it do for your property taxes, your school taxes? What do certain things like our parking requirements, which are all over the map? We have 47 different parking requirements for 47 different municipalities. Don't, don't get me started. Most of, them were created, most of them were created at a time when we figured that everybody would be driving around with two or three cars at all times. That is not the future that we're envisioning whatsoever, nor ought it to be. Um, and but most of them haven't been re-examined. What is the actual effect when you build multifamily on that? So again, our website is where we'll be releasing these. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Twitter. Uh, we're on Instagram. You can sign up for updates. And again, this is a multi-stakeholder campaign because we think we all have a stake in the future of housing. So we would welcome anybody to join us in this conversation. So if you could just restate one more time that website and the name of your um, organization. Absolutely. It's www.welcomehomewestchester.org. And it's the Welcome Home Westchester campaign. All right. Excellent. So in closing, is there any other remarks that you would like to share uh, that you think are important as we sign off? Well, the most important thing that I can say is that Westchester is not unique most suburbs in um, high-cost cities are facing the exact same affordable housing crunch. We need about 11,700 units. Uh, the National Association of Realtors said that the national shortage is in the millions, but we have a big advantage that other regions don't have. Westchester County already did the work of figuring out what we need. I would recommend everybody look at that Westchester County housing needs assessment and look up within it your own town. They did an analysis of every city, town, and village within Westchester County. Who lives there? What do they need? What struggles are they having uh, affording housing? I think it'll be really eye-opening, particularly for folks uh, who really care about their community to really understand what's happening. All right. Any closing remarks, Alex? Uh, well, I think we covered we covered a, a lot. Although I love to keep talking for for hours on this, it got me got my blood pumping. But when it comes to housing and comes the opportunities that Westchester has when addressing the housing crisis, we're at a really good cross section. If you're thinking globally, you can act locally, and it's in, in, in that cross section is in your local housing. That's where it is. All right. Thank you so much, and I would love to actually have you both come back again. And look, we're at the end of 2021, but I would love to have you come back mid-year next year and see where what, what has changed. Where are we? Where we stand on this issue? Um, so thank you so very much. Um, that was Tim Foley, CEO of the BRI, and Alex Rothmayer, Strategic Research Associate, also with the BRI. All right. So this was another episode of Conversations with Crystal. You can also find more information on our website, which is hgar.com, 
as well as follow us on our YouTube page, on our YouTube channel, also on Facebook, and more information also on our LinkedIn page. Again, this is Conversations with Crystal, your real estate agent and community member bringing to you important issues for our community and for our country. We're signing off. And remember, let us all take our role in being a part of the American promise. All right. We'll catch you next time. Bye now. You're listening to Westchester Talk Radio. Powered by Shark Media, a division of Shark Creative. And made possible by Entergy Indian Point Energy Center. Visit safesecurevinyl.com.